Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It is 534 in Edmonton. We're going to quickly zip off to the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ron in Lloydminster says, Bob, Bouchard's been disappoint, uh, disappointing. Why not sit him down and call up Gleason? At least he'll give you a solid effort. And Ron adds, explain to me again why they had to change to the D-zone coverage. They had over 100 points in the old system. They had to just cover better in their own end, and the new system so far is not looking any better. As a fan, I expect hard work and effort to keep uh, and to keep discipline too many silly penalties as well that one comes to us from ron well some of that's a little bit of frustration uh they don't have the cap space just to bring up gleason and to sit down um Evan Bouchard, so that's part of the reason that's the case. Do you want to mention to you that guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse? It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Tap that orders now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. As we welcome back to the show, guys saw last night in Philadelphia for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta experience live standard bid racing Friday and Saturday. Century Mile Race track and casino for more information head to thehorses.com we welcome back to the show one of the most plugged in men in the business who witnessed that debacle last night uh the one and only frank cerevalli how you doing frank uh pretty good bob how you doing quiet flight i bet it was a long four hours five all of five we hit a headwind and man oh man it was it was a long night you know what frank uh because there's not a direct edmonton to philadelphia flight as you know yeah uh, i, I go I, the long way every time yes uh which way do you come through toronto and then like philly to toronto toronto to edmonton? i usually go to denver to denver all right and you're coming this week are you not for the heritage Classic? i am i'll be up for the doug wade hall of fame game and the heritage classic on sunday can't wait Doug Waite and Charlie Huddy uh, as part of the selection committee for that. We're looking very forward uh, to uh, this weekend. It's going to be huge. All right. Talk to so, uh, Bill Guerin today, by the way, too, and he said he would not miss Thursday night for the world. So you no, you mid to I'm late gonna, 90s Oiler fans will be happy to see him in the building as well. Yes, we're actually, uh, as you know, in Minnesota on Tuesday, and we're doing some Oilers Plus stuff with the two of them coming up uh, with Doug Waite and Bill Guerin uh, next Thursday as well. All right, so you go to the game last night, you, you bring your kids, you're, you're talking McDavid and Dreisaitl, and the Flyers completely shut Edmonton down. How much of it was Edmonton and how much of it was Philadelphia? I'd say a lot of it was Edmonton and some of it was Philly. And and what I'll say to throw in a caveat is uh, just play the two press conferences from Jay Woodcroft postgame, this time properly bleeped, and the press conference from Rick Tockett on Tuesday night, back-to-back games, Canucks in town after taking care of the Oilers in the first two games of the year, 
and they were outworked. That's the same theme that rung true on Thursday night, which is the Flyers don't have very much talent. But under John Tortorella, if you don't bring your hard hat and a lunch pail to work, you're probably not going to be successful. You can't skate by them and take a night off. And I think that was a reminder for both Western Canadian teams that came through this week is you can look past the Flyers all you want, but they're still going to work. And that's a nice change of pace for the Flyers. And I think, you know, a reminder, Rick Tockett said, first off, he called his team soft. Second, he said, are you allowed um, to, by the way, are you allowed to say that anymore? You know, like uh, we have people use soft language on the air, right? Like, we, you know, I heard a person this week in the news business refer to what happened at the the start of uh, the conflict over in the Middle East. Uh, they termed it an altercation. Uh, that that was the term they actually used on the air, and I and I thought to myself, this is what George Carlin talked about: soft <laughs> words. Uh, well, an but- altercation. You had a terrorist attack by the Hamas that instigated this latest round. Oh, you don't know anything. You're 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 an idiot. For like, it's it's unbelievable out there right okay, now. Okay, but, but no. let's so let's park that part of it, okay? Because yep. I know what you're getting at. Soft is just about the worst thing you can call a hockey player or his team. Yes. And he did it. And he said, who are we? And I thought, you know, that was kind of a good reminder for the Oilers, too. Like, to think that you're going to waltz through this season and not work, and someone is just going to hand you a playoff spot, 100 points, and say, here, go chase Lord Stanley, this is not going to happen. Yeah. I I just – I watched – I saw you in the first intermission. I did the second intermission, and we're like, we're starting talking about the game and how poorly the Oilers are playing and the level of compete that we're not seeing from some of the Oilers players. And and the problem is this is the second time in four games. That has right. me a little bit. It has me a little bit unnerved. I forget who the guy was back in 2017 who came to Edmonton and predicted that the Oilers would win the cup and they missed the playoffs. Hmm. Oh wait, I'm talking to him. Uh, but, and and you are not soft. You're you know you're Philly tough. But that season the Oilers played like a team that had a Stanley Cup hangover, except they didn't play in the Stanley Cup. And uh, and meanwhile, Vegas, they're off to potentially the first ever 6-0 start for a championship-winning team. That's what yes. they're looking at on Saturday night. And you look at some of these other – Colorado, they entered this season two years ago winning the Stanley Cup and knocking out the Oilers in the West Final, and they've got a chip on their shoulder. Yes. I thought I would see more of that chip from the Oilers, uh, that's what's and I'm the most surprised to not. That's what's most disappointing for me. There's no life. Like, I'm like, and, and I, you know, they all came in here, checked in early, and a couple guys got a little bit tweaked up. Uh, Matias Ekholm and Ryan McLeod. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm really, but you know what? Last year, the Oilers went to Montreal, and the team had been, uh, was able to work out a scenario where they could stay for the Super Bowl and fly after the Super Bowl game on a mm-hmm. Sunday matinee game in Montreal. And I thought for sure the Oilers were going to have a real strong performance. And it was as every bit as poor as what we saw against Vancouver. Because Vancouver has some skill. They can put you away. 
And, you know, the Oilers lost 6-2 that Sunday afternoon in Montreal. And that was the last really poor game for me that they played all season long. But, Frank, well, two well, Yeah, look at the way they closed the season. 14-0-1. So, there you Crazy. have it. Crazy. And, and the, so, to be fair, um, the last two regular seasons have also not been without some definite valleys on the roller coaster. And there's going to be. There, there's always going to be, but I think the one message that should be really clear is we'll take mistakes, we'll take stuff that happens, bad bounces, injuries, whatever else comes at you, but the one constant and given should be a lunch pail attitude that hasn't been there. This text comes in from Brad on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Brad says, I don't think Derek Ryan's the answer on the fourth line. You need somebody to bang and crash in the fourth line and create energy. That one comes to us from Brad. Well, the Oilers don't have that physicality at all. I mean, the Flyers are sitting there last night. They got Delorier and Garnet Hathaway on their fourth line. Technically, uh, Nick Delorier is a top three or four fighter in the National Hockey League. That doesn't even include Sealer on defense who is a top-five fighter in the league. He is a striker. He can hurt you. I, can, I call him a human nail gun. Yeah, like he's... he's sta- now, saying that, I thought Day or Nay had some effective shifts last night against uh, Delorier, but, but Frank, does Texter Brad have a point there? That the I think he does. Not- I, we've, we've talked about this for months, that the Oilers' bottom six in particular, because it's so top-heavy in skill... It's missing another element. It's missing another dimension that I think you can get to. You've got someone has to bring something different. You can't. It can't be one homogenous unit. Ryan McLeod brings speed. Yeah. Derek Ryan doesn't, and he's conscientious, and he's not going to cost you in key situations uh, when you throw him out there. But it, it, this isn't a, an indictment of Ryan. It's more of a philosophical thought process of how you fill out your team you know sitting right in front of me um i I, and i know he's been a guest on your show before i have this um you know team building chart from brian burke and it's in his book it's it's not perfect and some of it is 10 years old in the thought process but i'll read you for uh, the, the fourth line, what he has. Left wing, penalty killer, responsible, hard to play against, last minute of each period. Center, size, face-off skills, shot blocker, shutdown roll, agitator. Right wing, fourth line. Fighter and can play, penalty killer, speed, last minute of each period. And 13th yeah. forward, toughness and can fight in any weight class. Well, that may be me- slightly antiquated. And, and the Oilers have part of a 2023 version of that. But you can't have all McLeod and Holloway and Adam Ernie and Derek Ryan and these guys. You need something else. You know, I guess ultimately, I mean, even in Nashville, Frank, when we were there on Tuesday night, um, you know, the Oilers were, frankly, fortuitous to have won 6-1. Jack Campbell played pretty well in that game. They gave up a lot of opportunities. Adam Ernie did get in a fight albeit against a guy that doesn't fight. It was a wrestling match. And then on Thursday in Philly, you know, you were in the building. I was in the building. There was no light. Like, I looked down at the Oilers bench a couple times. I don't – I mean, Connor McDavid didn't get a shot. On, he didn't. He had one shot attempt and, and didn't get a shot on goal in the game. Drysaddle had a couple – Second game in a row McDavid had like that in Philly. 
Yeah, well, and, and, you know, the funny thing is, Torts was the guy that chirped McDavid when he was on the ESPN panel. Now, the Oilers, you know, Carter Hart was in goal. He's a pretty good goalie. But Edmonton got completely boxed out. They had no net front presence in that game. And, uh, you know, even, like, Frank, I'm sitting here at Claire Drake Arena, and the Golden Bears, they're, they're good now, but when they were dominant, like when they had 15 WHL forwards and eight WHL defensemen and three WHL goalies, they outshot every team they'd play to the tune of about 47 to maybe 21 or 22 most nights, okay? And they would just come at you at waves and waves. But the one thing that was always there in their game was work rate. Like in a, in a single game elimination at a national championship, you could beat them once. You weren't beating them in a series. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like they and, – and what I'm not seeing with the Oilers, the Oilers appear to be disjointed. They've tried to switch the penalty – or the uh, defensive zone play. I think if, if you're going to try to play modified zone today, you have to teach it on the way up in your journey. I do agree it's the better system to play. Uh, but they look a little bit disjointed. And, frankly, the Oilers – you know, we – the first game of the year in Vancouver, it wasn't even close as to who the quicker team was, right? Back in Edmonton a week ago Saturday night, the Oilers whacked the Canucks in the second or third period. 33-9 to were the shots. They drilled them. They looked pretty good. The game in Nashville, Nashville was every bit as quick as Edmonton. And last night, the Flyers, and I know they got some young, skilled forwards, albeit not the highest draft pedigree. The Oilers look slow, Frank. The Oilers look slow. So they don't have that physical intensity further down in the lineup. But they also don't they don't look like they're playing fast right now either. Maybe part of that is thinking, overthinking. I mean, look, I've watched the Calgary Flames really intently this year. They have had stretches and moments where they've looked really good, but they've also had moments where I think they've also looked tentative. What's the common thread between the two Alberta teams? They've both changed up their defensive zone to go and try and emulate what Vegas did last year to win the cup. Yeah. And there's other teams out there. Maybe that's a, an early common thread that is in an overreaction and more just a simple explanation for why this is taking a little bit longer to come together. Well, it's funny because I had a pro scout say to me during that season, Bob, it's not Vegas's defensive system. It's Vegas's defense. They're just better than Edmonton. The six, I mean, who were they playing in the third pairing? Right? They were playing Nicholas Haig and the kid mm-hmm. from Bemidji on the right side, uh, Zach Whitecloud, Zach in their Whitecloud. third pairing. Right? Like, that's, that's a huge. You know, I mean, now, McNabb is not... He's a big banger. He's not the same. You know, he was a dominant defenseman for Cootie in the WHL for Chris Knobloch back in 2011. He's probably, in a perfect world, the number five defenseman, but Vegas is so good, he's in their second pairing. And then, obviously, you know, they have Petrangelo in the first pairing, and that's a whole other conversation. So is it the personnel or is it the system? And I guess that's where I'm going to ask you next. As a guy who works on breaking trades, if you're Jeff Jackson and Ken Holland, what area are you looking at right now to try to imp- – I mean, and it might be a bit premature. I think it is. But that said, you can't just wait, Frank. Uh, you know, this is an important season for the Oilers organization. I think it's the most important season they've had in 34 years. It's it's go time. 
So I think you you take a look at the first quarter of the year is when I would really begin to dig in. I think you've got a lot of time to get to that point, but that the first area I'd be looking is exactly wh- where you're talking about is fourth line center. Yeah. See if you can find a way to improve on the margins. And if you need to make a larger move when it comes to the deadline, you know, I think you can make that one a lot earlier when it comes to, you know, if you feel like you need to go out and get another Ekholm sizable addition on your back end, well, you've got lots of runway to be able to pull something like that off. Yeah, let's go to a text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Bob. Uh, this text comes in and says, Bob, you know we as fans pay top dollar for tickets, and like me, we travel over three hours away just to watch you others. I can't even imagine justifying coming in and watching the team play, not knowing if the team will show up and play. Maybe the players need to be accountable and pay the fan back when they don't show up because we always show up. Well, I'll never forget Greg Sherman when he was GM in Colorado. The Oilers weren't last at the time the building was full. And it was towards the end of the 2011, uh, 10-11 season. And he just said, look at this. This is unreal. Like, look what's going on with Winnipeg right now, Frank. They're drawing mm-hmm. like 11,500 fans. Like, the fans in Edmonton are committed. They're all in. And the orders dominate Red Deer North. They do. They dominate. Why do you, you think I'm that. bringing my family in next week? Yeah. You, so you wanna, you wanna, sh- I wanna show my my kid what a real hockey environment looks like. Yeah. Well, I was, and I was, I mean, was that not one of the lightest attended games Philadelphia's had for a while? They're in big trouble. I think attendance Are is they? actually going to be a pretty big story league wide. Um, that Flyers attendance last night was actually pretty decent, and I think it's because the true hockey fans in Philly want to take, you know, want to go and see some of the best players in the world. Yeah. They didn't get a show last night, but um, when it comes to Edmi- uh, sorry, Winnipeg, there was their lowest attendance since Jets 2.0 came back. Calgary didn't sell out their season opener. And you've got some other real problem spots popping up. San Jose drew 10,000. Oh, San Jose is going to be a disaster. It's not, I mean, you just look at their moves. It's, they're they're in trouble there. Uh, Frank, is there anything percolating out there that's got you interested in terms of, are you hearing anything on, on anybody potentially being in the move? Yeah, I'm still staying on the Connor Garland file in Vancouver. The Columbus Blue Jackets still trying to move a defenseman. I think the Washington Capitals are getting a little bit antsy with Anthony Mantha and, and some of the guys that they have in their lineup that they're not getting much from. They need a shakeup. Um, short of that, I think it's it's really kind of teams okay. and GMs don't want to overreact right now. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. So uh, you mentioned Nick Dowd a couple weeks ago in one of your uh, pieces on Daily Faceoff, Frank Saravalli, for the horses and horse racing, Alberta Live Standard Bed Racing, Fridays and Saturdays at Century Mile. If Washington ate $450,000 a year for the next two seasons, that's 900 k what would be the ask from an opposition team to get Nick Dowd for two playoff runs? Oh, it'd probably be pretty high. You're probably talking a first-round pick. Uh, there Close you have to it. it. 
There you have it. Frank, really looking forward. It's a pretty for- big deal to have a team eat salary for two years. Yeah. Love it. Thanks for doing the show. Look, great seeing you yesterday. Look forward to seeing you a few times next week. Can't wait. Take care. For the horses and horse racing in Alberta, that is Frank Saravalli. And uh, it is 5.53 in Edmonton. Due to popular demand, New West Travel, they just came back from there. It was a very successful trip in Nashville. We've already sold out a complete suite for uh, our January game in Montreal. And now New West Travel has gone out and gotten another suite. This package includes airfare, three nights in a deluxe hotel downtown Montreal, game tickets, private suite, food and drinks, and, of course, a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests. Experience the incredible hockey history in Montreal this January. To be a part of this awesome road trip, visit newwesttravel.com. Bob Stoffer with you, along with uh, Angie Quinnell, Cam Moon coming up, Reed Wilkins coming up, Ian Herbers coming up, David Staples as well. We'll be right back after this. A reminder, all season long at five. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 57 in Edmonton Game Day Trivia is brought to you by Pro-Am Sports. All correct answers this month are entered to win a triple sign frame photo with the three Oilers Stanley Cup champion goaltenders. Visit proamsports.ca or check them out today in Edmonton at 127-28 St. Albert Trail. Into the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, probably the best Golden Bears football player out of the last 40 years, uh, went on, was a two-time CFL All-Star at safety, and won a great cup in Calgary in 1993 with the uh, then-named Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and... The Alberta Golden Bears. We're live here at Claire Drake Arena. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Winnipeg Jets will be without Gabe Velarde, who won a uh, Memorial Cup playing for Rocky Thompson back in 2017. Uh, he was a part of the PL Dubois trade, scored 23 goals last year for the LA Kings. He's out four to six weeks with a sprain. MCL. The Oilers, they're healthy. Okay, we will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kelburn. And when we return, the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, one of the few players who's gone from a player in youth sports to becoming an NHL player, Ian Herbers, when we return.